Welcome to the Dave Mars Show, everyone. It's great to have you here. The best way to support this show is completely free. It really means a lot to me and be a huge help if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcast or just share the show with your friends in any way you can. Another way to support the show is signing up for my email list using the link in the show notes in the description. Members of my email list will get to submit Q&A questions, which I'll be answering every few weeks on the podcast. I really appreciate the support, everyone. Let's get started with today's show. The number one ingredient for creativity to thrive is individual freedom. And this could be freedom of choice, freedom of thought, or freedom to do anything else to help you put new ideas out there or have new inventions or test your ideas against the current culture or the current world. One way to stifle creativity and make it non-existent over time is to have a top-down authoritarian control telling people what to think, what to do, and the realms of thought that they are allowed to have. For example, if you have a culture where you can't think specific thoughts because they are not inside the current narrative, and if you actually have these outside of the narrative thoughts, people will actually physically attack you. They might attack your job. They might attack your means of making money. They might attack anything else that could possibly destroy you on the internet or in real life. When you have these scenarios, the average individual is slowly going to cower into the corner. And even though the average individual is more or greater as a whole when all combined together than the authoritarian powers that are at the very top, the authoritarian powers are usually very loud, they're scary, and they're controlling. So even if there's a very small amount of them, the citizenry usually backs down to them over time unless they have a way to fight back. So whenever you're seeing this in past history, oftentimes when you have authoritarian regimes, actually I should say all the time when you have authoritarian regimes, this could be things like Stalin, it could be Mao, it could be Hitler, it could be a wide range of other things like Fidel Castro in Cuba. There's endless examples. These are basically people at the top that think that they have godlike ideas and power and that they no longer have a need for creativity because they already know all the answers. And if they brainwash enough people to thinking that they really do have all the answers, this will be the death of creativity. And you can actually see this in past history if you look at all of the Soviet-era artwork and inventions. At first, the art was different after the revolution. And slowly, the art all started to push towards one central type of theme and look all the same because the top-down power approach was telling everybody you have to create art that hails the leader or looks a specific way. If you don't, you'll be killed or you'll be pushed out of the social sphere or you'll be in some other way destroyed. So it pushes everything to be one single same-looking thing. And the same happens with technology. If you take freedom away, People don't have the ability to think their minds and test ideas and see if they're right or wrong without the fear of death or being cut off from income. And when you have that situation, people don't create at the fastest rate possible, so you see creativity die. And oftentimes, this plunges societies into things like the Dark Ages or revolutions that then lead to overall authoritarian control. And sometimes it's a very long period of time before people get individual freedom again and creativity starts to come back. So if you live in a time and a place currently that has personal individual freedom, it's more important than ever to use that freedom to speak your mind and to battle in the war of ideas, not in the war of violence and telling people how to think. Because anytime you see somebody else that wants to tell others how to think and then punishes them if they don't fall in line, 
This is the seeds for authoritarian mindsets. And as we've seen in past history, they can spread very quickly because they feed off of people that have never been taught to think creatively or think individually for themselves. So they can easily brainwash these people to think they're doing something good when really they're doing something evil that stifles individual freedom. And you can see this in past cases in all of the authoritarian regimes that I just talked about. It uses or utilizes the average person and scares them so much that they say, okay, I'm just going to back down in this until this thing passes over me. But usually it doesn't pass over you until a massive amount of violence or massive amount of human suffering happens. So if you have a voice and you have ideas and you want to put them out there, every time in history is always a perfect time to do that because the only way to move forward where individual freedom and creativity thrive is to have a battle of ideas, meaning I want somebody with different ideas from me to be able to present their ideas to me in a logical way where they can actually change my mind on things that I currently think. If you have somebody come up to you and say, well, you should think this way, and if you don't, I'm going to ruin your life in any possible way I can, then it's going to take a lot of people out of the game because they're going to cower in fear and they're going to say, well, all right, I'll just do what you say because I don't want to deal with the short-term violence or whatever you're going to do to me. So they back off. And then over time, this addition of a bunch of people backing off with freedom of individual thought leads to authoritarian regimes again. And it's just a big cycle that continues to happen throughout history. Now, there are ways that you can get in the way of that. We will see if the internet can get in the way of that because all past authoritarian regimes have depended on mass scale propaganda. And looking around right now, I see more mass scale propaganda than I have in my life. I'm 36 years old. And I think it feels to many people like it's not propaganda because it's all on the internet and it's so well catered to their individual thoughts through data points that they can't even see that it's propaganda. And this doesn't mean that I'm outside of that. I can definitely be influenced by propaganda as well. But having the ability to have individual thought and to always create new ideas and question yourself and question others and lay out better ways to think about the world is the only way that we've found to fight this. So... You could look at this from two different ways. You have the top-down approach, which is an individual authoritarian power is going to tell all of the people in the country what to do, and they have no choice outside of that range of options, so they have to do it. So over time, if you beat these citizens down with things like gulags or concentration camps where they get severely punished or even their family members get punished if they speak out, then slowly but surely it will beat the creativity out of the culture. And it takes a long time to bring that back in. The other option is to have a complete decentralization, meaning no top-down power, but you have a decentralized bottom-up power. And this is what the founders of the United States initially had meant when they built the country. They said that, okay, there's upsides and downsides of centralized power. One of the upsides of centralized power is you can move very quickly and get things done very quickly but there will be a lot of downsides to it as well, like authoritarians taking control of the reins and saying, well, you guys are going to do what I say no matter what. So top-down approach can be great at times if you have a leader that is actually a good person, but the chances are over time that good person leader will leave and somebody else will take control of this massive thing that controls so many people. And if they're not a good person or they don't agree with your ideas, then good luck getting out of it. 
The decentralized approach is each individual gets to make their own choice, and all of the individuals vote on laws that determine what is or isn't allowed. And ideally, the laws should be on things where you can't murder people, you can't kill people, you can't go in somebody's house and steal their stuff. But if there's too many laws, then the people never know when they're doing right or wrong things, and they're always second-guessing that. And since mental creativity is zero-sum, if people are always guessing if they're doing the right or wrong thing, they can't spend time being creative, and that also stifles creativity. So the upsides and downsides of decentralized power, meaning power of each individual to make decisions, is things are a lot more messy because it's a battle of ideas between millions or billions of people instead of one centralized power telling people what they can think. So when you have decentralized powers, there are a few other aspects that make it very stable. If you think about this, let's think about your house. You have electric power coming into your house. If somebody shuts off that electric power, well, then you have no power to your house and you're out of luck. If you had 10 power cords coming into your house from the power line, if one of those got caught or cut, then you have nine more. So you could cut a bunch more and you would still have power to your house. This is the difference between powerful centralized authority and decentralized authority. Decentralized authority ends up being a lot more stable over time, but it's a lot messier every day of that meantime. So you can also think of this from evolutionary theory. Evolution is a decentralized force that builds from the bottom up, and it's a battle of ideas, but the ideas are actually built into your genetic code. So how evolution works is everything will be steady state. Let's say you have the current people on the planet. Well, evolution will inject mutations into these people. And if those mutations, which are just random, happen to thrive in the current environment, then people with those specific mutations will breed and those specific people will drive the evolution of the thing. So evolution is a bottom-up and decentralized approach, and that's why it happens to be so stable over the long term. Whenever you start messing with evolution by taking a top-down approach, doing things like forcing a bunch of people to do specific things to their body through medical experiments like the Nazis did, or any other time where people are forced to do specific things to their body that they may or may not agree with, then you are taking the power out of evolution, removing the decentralized approach, which is much more stable, and you're favoring a centralized top-down approach where somebody can tell you what to do with your body. And this can have upsides and it can have downsides. And the thing is, is that we'll never really know the good upsides and we'll never really know the bad downsides until a lot of time plays out. And it might even be the amount of time where it's like 80 or 100 years. So whenever we're looking at ideas and the battle of creativity, the processing power of the top-down approach is actually much smaller than the processing power of the bottom-up approach. And you can think about it this way. Let's think of creativity as just the processing power of your brain to come up with all these different random ideas. And through processing power, the creative brain can have all of these different ideas. And just like evolution... If you throw these ideas out into the culture or the world, some of them will fail and some of them will succeed. But if you don't have the ability to throw these ideas out in the world, then you'll never know if ideas will fail or succeed and you can't be creative. So if you think about this in terms of processing power, the top-down approach would take 
a central figure or a few central figures. So you could just make one up that everybody knows. You could take Joseph Stalin. He was the central figure of the regime, and he whatever he said went, and you just had to listen to it. So if you associate each brain or human mind with individual processing power or the ability to solve problems, if you have one guy making all of the decisions, the processing power or the ability to, for him to make new ideas is much, much smaller than if you have millions of people making decentralized decisions. So if you view a free culture as a bunch of decentralized individuals with individual processing power or the ability to make new creative thoughts and test them in the world, then just like a computer with high processing power, it's going to get a lot more done in regards to creativity than a computer with low processing power. So top-down approach is going to give you a very low processing power for coming up with new creative ideas and testing them in the world. So even if your top-down approach is not authoritarian, which it usually ends up being over time, then it's still not as good as the bottom-up approach. The big problem is, is that a lot of people's minds like to be told what to do because if you look at evolution, our minds naturally want to conserve energy so we can survive. So there's this survival mechanism built into the human. The human eats food, and every time they use their brain to have new creative ideas, it takes a lot more processing power than if they just sit around and don't make new creative ideas because the brain sucks a lot of energy. So evolution taught our brains to conserve energy and not use the processing power if it doesn't need to. So on average, the mind is going to like in many different circumstances when somebody tells them what to do from the top down because it allows them to conserve energy. And this usually proceeds just fine until the top down authoritarian comes along and then some people that's going to feel really weird to and they're going to say eh, i don't like this anymore it's not worth the conservation of energy anymore i'm going to fight back against this authoritarian power so it makes sense that authoritarian powers take control because if you look at it from a physics perspective or an evolutionary perspective conserving energy is what nature likes to do and authoritarian powers allow the citizens to conserve energy in the short term but to get out of that situation that they put them in with the authoritarian at the helm they're eventually going to have to fight a revolution to dig themselves back out so it's basically a short-term conservation of energy for authoritarian power to take control whereas decentralized power is a long-term conservation of energy, but you have to expend more energy in the short term. So long-term versus short-term thinking can really come into play here, and that's also one of the main points that you need to stay creative. If you want to be creative, you can't have new ideas every single day, and then when the next day comes along and you get bored of that previous idea, just throw it away and go. You have to have the combination of new creative ideas every day, but sticking with your overall arc for at least two to five years to see if you can carry it out and push it forward to the next level. But I will end this long-winded argument with saying, if you're the kind of person that likes freedom and you also like to be creative, these things both go hand in hand because if you're a creative person and currently your mindset aligns with authoritarian individuals, it might feel good because those authoritarian individuals are going to enforce your thinking and it already feels good to you because you're in that same thinking that they are. But the problem becomes is that eventually the authoritarian's ideas and your ideas might diverse from each other. Or they might become 
they might go in different paths down the road. And when that happens, they are going to take all your ability to be creative. So the goal of the creator is to live in and produce the most creative area they can constantly push new ideas out or new art out or anything else. So when I'm looking at the world, I want to hear everybody's ideas from all different mindsets. Because if I can, I can get new ideas for myself. And as I get those new ideas for myself, I can harvest them into this creative process and I can determine if my old ideas were right or wrong. So I'm always pushing for a vast array of different ideas into my life. And I'm also interjecting if I hear people having authoritarian ideas and saying, are you sure that is how you want the world to be? Because if you look at this thing and somebody's having authoritarian mindset, a lot of times they don't even know they are. But if you inject a quick idea that says, well, you could also think about it this way, a lot of times that will stop the evolution of that thought. And if you can inject a bunch of those into the culture, then the thoughts can change from authoritarian back to individual freedom. And then creativity can really take root in that kind of society. So hopefully that helps you guys out. I will keep putting these podcasts out there. Let me know what you think. And you can leave a comment on the blog post with whatever else you want to learn. I'd be happy to talk about it. Have a good one, guys. The best way to support this show is completely free. It really mean a lot to me and be a huge help if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcast or just share the show with your friends in any way you can. Another way to support the show is signing up for my email list using the link in the show notes in the description. Members of my email list will get to submit Q&A questions, which I'll be answering every few weeks on the podcast. I really appreciate the support, everyone.